All right. So today uh, I'm going to teach about I'm going to teach something that God God showed me and spoke to me, and it's called three keys to enter the growth track and stay in it. You know, how many of you like to grow? I like to grow. You know, in a healthy way, right? Um, I know we've been eating too much too much candy and sweets lately since Thanksgiving came, and has anybody else done that? You know, I was completely off sugar, and all of a sudden. Thanksgiving hit, and these amazing pies are staring at me right there. <laughs> I didn't have it in me. I was like, you know, I'm not as strong as Dylan here, you know. He can, he can say no, you know, and I'm like, okay, one bite, and then one bite led to another bite. Did you know that? Sugar has friends that go in your body and go, let's go get more. Yeah. And then you're like, I don't know why, but I just want another one. And it's like, and so now fighting to break that off. It's so good to have you back, Jasmine. Um, so anyways, we're going to talk about three keys to enter the growth track, okay? Say with me, three keys. three keys. Not the only keys, but these are three that I've seen consistently in my life and the life of many other strong believers that continue to grow and grow and in the Lord. You know, we're talking about growing spiritually because, see, growing spiritually, why is growing spiritually so important? Because the spiritual realm is far greater than the natural. You know, it's like, what, 3% of everything that exists is what we see, feel, touch, hear, and able to capture with our senses. But the rest, what is it, 4, Nick? 4? 4%, right? Everything you can perceive with your five senses. That means the other 96% is invisible. It's spiritual. So I think there's more advantage to growing spiritually than growing you know, physically, obviously we want to take care of our body, you know, don't go the other way, like, okay, no, 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 you know, we want to take care of our body and, and be physically healthy, but spiritually is more important, uh, because there's, there's more reality, there's more truth in the spiritual realm than in the physical realm, there's more, um, something Nick said a, a few weeks ago, it's like, if you, if you only make decisions based on what you can perceive with your five senses, you're making a very misinformed decision which is why we need the holy spirit why we need to learn how to pray in tongues because then you're connected with the one that sees everything 100 percent, everything that is going on in and outside of time i better get to this so many people experience this okay uh, we have ups and downs ups and downs ups and downs. happy i'm sad I'm happy, I'm sad, right? Like, and that's not very fun, right? It's not even fun to be around that. Because you, it's like, it's like I'm not sure what day it is. Is it up day or is it down day, right? And you're like, which side of the bed did you wake up today, right? We don't want to be like that, right? But God created us for something different. He created us for, he wanted us to go from glory to glory, right? He wanted us, and 3 John says that you may prosper in all things, right, and be of good health, like, prosper means to continue to grow, to continue to flourish. Like, what happens if you never cut your hair? For those that do have hair still, obviously, right? It gets really long, right? What happens if you never cut your grass? It keeps growing, right? It's it, like God's desire, you know, in his nature is that we, that we would grow, that we would prosper. He's an infinite God. So whenever you feel like, yeah, I've just... I've heard it all. I've heard everything about God, about the Bible. I, I know it all. Let me tell you, you're in a rut, and you need to get out of it because that is the biggest lie. 
Oh, I already heard all those teachings. I already heard all those teachings. We're not supposed to go this way. We're, we're supposed to go this way. Right? That when you're like, you're right here and you're going down, that your lower point is still higher than your higher points from before. Your higher place, right? That means you're not going down to the same basement every time. You're not sinking into the same depression that you did last year, right? You're not sinking in the same bad situation that you were, you know, two years ago. You're, you're in a better place. You're in a better place, you know? And a lot of times we, we also see the opposite where people go, like, oh, my gosh, you know, I can't believe how bad things are. And it takes a friend to say, no, 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 remember. Like, when you look back, you're actually looking down this way because you've come a long ways, like you might be going, you might be in one of these spots right now, you know, one of these spots. But it's certainly higher than when you, where you started. It's certainly higher than the previous place. And these these places right here, these drops, these drops, you know what they're called. If we go to James chapter one verse two, says, "Consider pure joy, brothers, whenever you face trials. Those are trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith." Here's where the testing of our faith happens in these, in these drops right here. You see that? Okay. Those are the trials. It develops perseverance. And perseverance must finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. I want to be mature, complete, and not lacking anything. Anybody else? Mature and complete, not lacking anything. If any of you lacks wisdom, say with me, wisdom. Right? Okay. He should ask God who gives generously to all without finding fault. And it will be given to him. But when he asks, he must believe and not doubt. Say with me, believe and not doubt. And not doubt. Okay. Because he who doubts is like a wave of the sea blown and tossed by the wind. Let that man, uh, that man should not think he will receive anything from the Lord. He's a double-minded man, unstable in all he does. Here's the unstable man. Changes his mind all the time. I guess that good that church is really good for me. I'm never gonna miss a Sunday again. Uh, I'm just not feeling it today. Oh my gosh! Every time I go, it's wonderful. Oh my gosh! Today I'm just like, ah, it's not that important, right? Double mindedness. You know, every time I read my Bible, it's wonderful. Every time I pray, it's great. Oh, but uh, I guess I can go without it right now. Double mindedness, right? It's like. You're like a wave tossed from one side to another, you know, not, not firm. And so these, these drops right here, these are trials. These are testing of our faith, right? And they are working. Did you know that um, when you're lifting weights, there is something called the negative? And the negative is, you know, like if you're bench pressing, you're going up. You know, the negative is when you're going down. And when you're going down, guess what? You're also working out. You're also working out. You're working out different muscles and you're working out in different ways, you know? So depending on how you do your negatives, you know, some people just go poof and, and like there's no work. They just drop real quick. But if you, if you put effort in that, the negative is also working it out. So, you know, it's kind of like this drop, like the testing the trials. They are producing perseverance, which is producing patience, which is causing a perfect work to happen inside of you. Sometimes when things don't go the way we like, we just kind of go... 
it's like, no, hold on. Things didn't go the way you want them to go or the way you expected them to go. Don't go down the hole like persevere in patience. It's okay. You can get stronger from this, right? I mean, like James was saying, we get, we got, I feel like we got stronger in 2020. Much, in so many ways. Even when we got sick. Physically, my body has new antibodies. It's stronger. My immune system knows new techniques to fight off things. And spiritually, we do too. We went through that. Okay, all right. We've never, you know, experienced like the church go from attendance to here to down here. All right, we're okay. Now we're not panicking or wanting to quit next day. We're okay. We're fine. We know you're watching online or something or maybe sleeping and you'll watch it later. That's okay. You know. So we become stronger through all these things. Now go with me to um, Proverbs chapter 21. I'm sorry, 2. And I'm going to read uh, verses 1. I'm going to read a few verses. I want you to um, kind of try to try to track with me, okay? We're going somewhere. We're building a foundation here. Proverbs 2 and verse 1. And I'm going to read through 15. It says, My son, if you accept my words and store up my commands within you, turning your ear to wisdom and applying your heart to understanding, okay? Your ear to wisdom. You need to hear wisdom. And your heart to understanding. It means you're not just listening, you're looking for an understanding. How does that apply to me? What can I do with that? Okay? And if you call out for insight and cry out loud for understanding, see, the, the, this is talking about a desire. Okay? You don't necessarily have to cry, but it's, it's depicting a desire, a deep desire for understanding. And if you look for it as for silver and search for it as, it was, as if it was a hidden treasure... What does that mean? That means that you will crave it. That means that you really, really want it, right? Then you will understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God. For the Lord gives wisdom, and from his mouth come knowledge and understanding. He holds victory in store for the upright. He is a shield to those whose uh, walk is blameless, for he guards the course of the just and protects the ways of his faithful ones. And verse 9 says, you will understand what is right and just and fair in every good path. We keep on verse 10 says, for wisdom will enter your heart. Knowledge will be pleasant to your soul. Discretion will protect you and understanding will guard you. Wisdom will save you from the ways of the wicked men. Wisdom will save you from the ways of the wicked men. For men whose words are perverse who leave the straight paths to walk in dark ways, who delight in doing wrong and rejoice in the perseverance, uh, no, I'm sorry, perverseness of evil, whose paths are crooked and who are devious in their ways. And then jump over to verse 20 with me. It says, Thus you will walk in the ways of good men and keep the paths of the righteous, for the upright will live in the land and be blameless, and the blameless will remain in it. But the wicked will be cut off from the land and the unfaithful will be torn from it. So we need wisdom, right? We need to seek for wisdom. We need to want and desire wisdom, okay? And, and, and I say that because a lot of times I think people just go into this mode that obviously it turns into religion. It's just the thing you do. You just go, 
you sit, you listen, check mark, you're done. And it's so easy to fall into that, even in a non-denominational church. With drums and everything playing. You know. But it's so easy to just fall into that rut and, and just, okay, good message, you know. Um, and not have that desire for understanding, not have that desire for wisdom, not, not be thirsty and hungry for it, okay? And then uh, I want us to quickly go into First uh, Kings chapter 12. First Kings chapter 12, and I'm going to read verses, uh, starting in verse 6. Because here's an example of uh, wisdom and foolishness, okay? The opposite of, of, of wisdom is like, it's foolishness. And Proverbs talks extensively about that. So I want you to see this. It says in verse 6, Then King Re... Who can... Who can... Rehoboam. Thanks, Dan. King Rehoboam. I was going to say it in Spanish. Roboam. You know, because I can say it that way. But Rehoboam consulted the elders who had served his father Solomon. Now, pay attention. This is really good. He consulted... The elders that had served his father Solomon. Now, how many of you know Solomon was the wisest king, right? God said, Solomon, what you want? He could have asked for anything. Solomon said, I want wisdom because it will serve my purpose, which is to be a ruler. And I'm a young ruler, right? And so he needed wisdom. And God gave him wisdom. And on top of that, he gave him riches and he gave him fame and he gave him everything, right? So here's his son now. And his son has the elders that served with his dad. So it's a pretty good team, right? People full of what? Wisdom, right? And understanding the reign alongside uh, his dad, who was the most wise king that ever existed, right? And so there's Rehoboam, right? And it says he goes and he asks, um, he, um, he consulted the elders who had served with his father Solomon during his lifetime. How would you advise me to answer these people, he asked. In verse 7, they replied. We're going to read all the way to 18, okay? So follow along. It says, they replied, if today you will be a servant to these people and serve them and give them a favorable answer, they will always be your servants. But Rehoboam rejected the advice of the elders uh-oh, and consulted the young men who had grown up with him and were his drinking buddies. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Pretty much, right? Hey, little Johnny, what do you think about this? Ah, I don't know, YOLO. <laughs> and so he, he consulted his, his pals. And they replied, tell these people who have said to you, your father put a heavy yoke on us, but make our yoke lighter. Tell them, my little finger is thicker than my father's waist, pride, right? My father laid on you a heavy yoke. I will make it even heavier. My father scourged you with whips. I will scourge you with scorpions. Three days later, uh, Jeroboam and all hit, all the people returned uh, to, again, Rehoboam, as the king had said. Come back to me in three days. The king answered the people harshly, rejecting the advice given uh, him by the elders. He followed the advice of the young men and said, My father made your yoke heavy. I will make it even heavier. My father scourged you with whips. I will scourge you with scorpions. So he went with the advice of the friends, okay? Totally different advice. One was saying, serve the people, right? Uh, And the other one was like, no, threaten them with fear. 
So the king did not listen to the people, for this turn of events was from the Lord to fulfill the word of the Lord has spoken to Jeroboam, son of Nebat. Okay. Um, and then if we go to verse, I'll just show you what happened in verse 18. King Rehoboam sent out Adonirim, Adoniram, who was in charge of forced labor, but all Israel stoned him to death. King Rehoboam, however, managed to get into his chariot and escape to Jerusalem. So, didn't turn out very well for him, right? Had he listened and valued, right, and appreciated and put, put it, it, understood the cost. See, we talked about thankfulness last week, and I wasn't going to go there, but you can see it here in this picture. Like, he, he, didn't, he didn't count the cost. There was a history and there was a value in the wisdom of the elders that had uh, reigned with his father for many years during his lifetime. And that wisdom was incredibly valuable. And instead, what he didn't appreciate, he lost. And he went with his buddy's advice, and everything turned out for the worse. He ended up running away barely with his life, right? Wisdom and foolishness, okay? So, first key, well, I'm just going to write it right here. Number one is come, okay? There needs to be a thirst. There needs to be a recognizing That we need. And it takes humility for this. Okay? So recognize, thirst, and come to Jesus. Why? He becomes our Savior at that moment. He's a Savior. When you spend time in prayer, when you read your word, when you worship, when you gather, right? When you go to church corporately, there's a value for that. Thirsting, you know, uh, go to me. I'm going to read John 7:37. Actually, if you could just put John 7:37 and 38 up on the screen, okay? Because this is where, where Jesus says, "If any man thirst, come to me." Have you ever been thirsty? You know, what does it feel like? I mean, you feel dry. You need something, right? It, it's a sign. Thirst is a sign. Your, your, your tongue gets dry. Your mouth is dry, kind of like mine right now because I've just been drinking coffee this morning. It says 7.30, and 30. Okay. But it's a sign. Your body is giving you a symptom, a sign that it needs to be hydrated, right? Because we need water to survive. And you can die of dehydration. So your body is saying, hey, we need some water over here. So you feel thirst, right? There's something missing over here that is life-producing, and if we don't get it, we could die. And that is thirst, right? And Jesus says, on the last day, the climax of the festival, uh, uh, Jesus stood and shouted to the crowds, anyone who is thirsty may come to me. Anyone who believes in me may come and drink, for the scriptures declare rivers of living water will flow from his heart. Okay, so, so Jesus is declaring and saying, hey, there's something you're all missing that is vital for life. And if you recognize it, that you are thirsty, come to me 
and I will give you water, right? And then in, in uh, John chapter 4, he is with the women at the well, right? The Samaritan woman at the well. This woman had five husbands and a boyfriend. <laughs> Tried five times. Last one, she's like, we're not doing this again. <laughs> you know? And um, so w- what happens? Watch. The world is also looking, right? They look for filling that vital thirst with people, with things, you know, with addictions. This woman had gone through five husbands trying to meet the need, trying to fill the need, the empty, the need for life. But then one moment she has an encounter with Jesus, and Jesus tells her about this water. Hey, I have water that you'll never thirst again. You'll never go wanting again. It's not that you're not going to drink again. It's that you'll never be dissatisfied again. You will actually feel fulfilled. You'll feel like, this is amazing. This is what I've been needing. Right? Because the, the, the cry for water comes from the inside. Are you following me? Yeah. So, so this woman has an encounter with Jesus. She tastes the water, which is the supernatural. Right? He has a word of knowledge for her. And in that word of knowledge, she has an encounter with God. And it changes everything. It changes what she'd been trying to fill with men. Now her life is satisfied, truly satisfied. And she goes and tells everyone in the town, this man told me who I am and everything that I've done. He met a a thirst, right, that nothing else had ever met. But Jesus did. So step one, to be in this growth track and stay in it, okay, is um, come to Jesus, come to the Word, come to worship, feed yourself, come to the gathering, have a value for the Word, have a value for prayer, have a value for church, right? That is the place, you know, that above anything that we can do, you know, in this world will actually satisfy that thirst, We'll quench that. We'll answer the cry for something that needs life inside of us that hasn't been met by Facebook, TikTok, Instagram, boyfriends, girlfriends, cars, money, success. Nothing. Because it's a spiritual cry. It's a spiritual hunger. And it can't be met with physical things. Are you with me? So say with me, number one, recognize, right? I mean, it's like even like AA, they can't help anybody unless they they recognize, right? Like, I have a problem, (laughs) right? Well, I'm thirsty, right? And Jesus is the only one that can quench that. He's the only one that can satisfy that, so I'm going to come. And that's when he is my Savior, okay? Number two. Okay, whatever. Totally did that wrong the first time. Become a disciple. Become a disciple, a follower of Jesus. I wonder how many followers Jesus would have if he had Instagram. At least 12. I love that. (laughs) 
This is where you make him your Lord. Okay? We talked about this. My father-in-law said that so many people uh, want God to be their Savior but not their Lord. And I said the difference between that is like my Savior, I get the benefits. All right? But my Lord, it, it, it implies surrender. It implies lordship, his lordship over my life. And so this is a step where a lot of people are stuck or never get to or just want to skip to number three. Okay? Because this is this requires some action. This requires some commitment. Because in order to make disciples, you have to be a disciple. In order to be a good father, you have to be a good son. Right? So I need to be I need to allow people to disciple me. I need to allow people to, I need to know that I'm following Jesus, that I'm going to places that Jesus would go, because sometimes we go to places and you say you're a follower of Jesus, but Jesus would never step into that place or that situation. So you've stopped following him. And then I need to allow myself to be pastored. And so many people don't, you know. I um, uh, Studies show that this is... Um, most people skip this because they don't allow people to pastor them. It's like a, some people are, you know, are like wild horses. Just like, ah, no, no, no. Hey, this would be really good for you. No, no. I don't like to be told what to do. You know, and sadly, it's because many times people have had bad experiences. I mean, you've, you've had some serious, serious violations of, of trust and serious violations of, of um, <laughs> I'm trying to put this nicely, right? I mean, you, may, many of you have heard even of the shepherding movement, right, where where there's been the misuse of authority and, and manipulation, right, for people's own agendas and, and just in a really weird controlling way. And, shep and, and pastoring is not controlling. Because to be pastored, you need to willingly allow yourself to be pastored. And, and in those controlling moves, there's manipulation and to control you, right? And, and we're going to study this at the beginning of the year, you know, about being powerful and, um, and, uh, and the difference between controlling people and, and influencing and those kinds of things. But, but my point is, there, there's been a, an opposite effect, you know, to, to people where they, they're not pastorable anymore, <laughs> They can't be mentored. They come to church like it's a buffet. Let me see. I like that. I'll take that. I don't like that. I'm not going to take that. I'm not going to listen to that. I like that, you know, but not that. And so we've missed out on the power of being pastor, of being a disciple, of listening to wisdom through spiritual leaders in our life because we've been burned before. Does that make sense to anybody? All right? 
and you have this, um, oh, what's the word? You have this skepticism, huh? What did you say? PTSD. <laughs> PTSD. Skepticism of like, wait, are you actually telling me like that would be good for me and I should do that? Oh, okay, yeah. You know, and control will manipulate and put fear in you, and you know that does the difference, right? Love, a loving shepherd would just be like, do whatever you want, right? I love you anyways, but get hurt, you could lose a lot, you know. And this is what wisdom says, and that's when we change teachers and we go from, you know, Mr. Wisdom to Miss Pain, and we learn different ways. I hope you understand what I'm saying, you know. It, it's, it's a difficult thing to teach on as the pastor. But I want to tell you, there's, there's many pastoral people and mothers and fathers here in the church that, you know, that are mentors, that are people that can disciple you. Um, but if we, if we don't allow it to be disciple in this culture you won't be manipulated because we don't allow that. We don't cross the line of your, of your decision, of your will. Like in cultish movements or, or places of manipulation and control. But I want to tell you, this is a very important factor. If you're not pastorable, if you don't allow yourself to be pastored, you're going to miss on a, on a big part of this. Because you will have no value for the wisdom that is coming through, you know, for your life. Or from whoever is mentoring you, from whoever is discipling you. And if you don't have, you know, you're like, well, I don't need that. You know, I just have God. God is all. Okay, that's good. We should never leave that part. God, I mean, we should be followers of Jesus. We should be in the Word. We should let the Word, the word tell us what to do. But there is a time that there are situations and, and things in our life that we need the family. We need the body. We need, we need pastoring. We need mentoring. We need, we need to be discipled, right, through different situations and circumstances. And if we... If we are not open, if we don't let people have a voice, and I'm not talking about anybody, okay? I'm talking about spiritual fathers, leaders in your life, right? If you, if you don't let them have a voice in your life, then you're going to miss out on a big part of what you need. And this is sadly where a lot of, um, you know, um, Bible school students, um, people that have been in leadership and things like that, they fall into that because they're like, oh, no, I've been already, you know, in that position of leadership. I no longer, you know, need this. And you're wrong. We all do. If I didn't have people pastoring me, people speaking directly into my life, you know, weekly, constantly, I'd be in trouble because we all need this. We all need to be pastors. We all need to be discipled. Because you can't make good disciples unless you're still connected to the, to the master. Jesus said, I am the vine, you are the branches. Apart from me, you can do nothing. And you know, what is so painful is when people come after the fact. Already bruised, scratched up, broken, with loss. Why didn't you come? Okay, so become his follower, become a disciple, choose to be pastored, okay? Uh, 
John 10, 27 says, My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. Welcome wisdom, mentorship. This is accountability also, and a lot of people don't like accountability. I'm not saying accountability is the only, you know, thing, you know, that is going to keep you, you know. But accountability to a point is, is very important, you know. That's why it's important to belong, to be part of a community that, hey, I'm going to call you on the carpet with that because you told me a few months that you wanted your life to look this way, but you haven't done anything about it. How dare you? I'm out of here, finding another church. Let me find a bigger one where I get lost and nobody knows me so that I can just check it off my list every week and feel good about myself for a little bit, but never really. We'll stop. We'll just stop right there. You get the point, right? How rude. Okay. Um, This is the this is this is the place where we also um, go deep. <laughs> this is a step where we go deep, where we deal with stuff past, where we get healing, deliverance, and take steps of faith, and start seeing transformation. This is the part where we learn to hear God's voice and obey it. See, it's growth. Remember, this is the growth track. Growth. Forgot to put this at the top. Growth track. Are you learning something this morning? Yeah. See? I don't know if we're going to get to number three, but should we? Okay, just kidding. I wanted you all to go, no! <laughs> Give us number three. <laughs> I'm just joking this morning, you know. feels like I'm in my living room this morning for some reason. Okay. So, recognize you're thirsty, come to Jesus, become a disciple, right? Choose to be pastored, um, open up to, you know, let people have a, a voice in your life. Um, uh, this is where healing happens, okay? Um, and if you miss this step, you're going to miss on a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot. Number three, number three is very, very important to keep growth, and this is make disciples. This is where you also become now a form of shepherd, see, an under-shepherd, or, you know, what you call it. It's, you know, the pastor is not, like, just me. Like, we're all pastoring people when we're, making disciples, we're, when we're, you know, feeding somebody else spiritually, uh, we're under shepherds, we're, we're, we're now leading someone to Jesus, leading them into, you know, becoming disciples, and we're the ones doing this now. And so Matthew twenty nineteen says, go and make disciples of all nations, right? And then it, a little further says, teaching them to obey all the things that I've taught you. How am I going to teach others to obey the things he's taught me when I have refused to hear God's voice and to obey God's voice myself? Right? It's not just going out and making converts. I mean, this is the great commission, is go and make disciples of all nations, of everybody, every, anywhere you go, anywhere you are, you know? 
Just because you serve somewhere else in the church doesn't mean you are now free from that commandment. Go and make disciples. So who are you discipling? I'm pretty sure we started last year like this. Who are you discipling or the year before? Uh, This is a step of tremendous growth because you enter a place of double identity. You're a son, but now you're a father. You're a mentor. A mentee, but you're also a mentor. You're a sheep, but you're also a shepherd. This position, this place right here is so important because it protects you from um, becoming self-centered. Serve. You remember the, the word that the elders gave Rehoboam? I think I said that right. Rehoboam, serve the people, right? Serve. Give what you've received from grace, give from grace. What you freely received, freely give. This protects you from being self-absorbed. Have you ever met somebody who just always has problems? Like they just never take a break from problems. And they're always the end of the world. It's always, it's always the end. I'm, listen, I am not being insensitive. Like, people have problems, okay? And, and there's some that are very serious, okay? But then there's, there's, there's a person that is always, always in an emergency, right? And at some point, they need to realize they've just become takers. You can't do three without two, But many people just also, well, we'll go there in a second. But if you don't start serving, if you don't start giving, if you don't start discipling, if you don't start giving of yourself, you become very self-centered. Like, well, but how many years do I have to be a disciple before I give? Well, you know, these guys were with Jesus for three years, but I'm pretty sure it was like year one or two that he sent them by twos to go on a mission. Be like, all right, now you guys go. It's like, wait a minute. Not even Bible school is that short, you know. Because Jesus knew it was, it was important that they would learn, they would start giving, because if they didn't start giving and serving, right, they would become self-centered. And they would become perfectionists on themselves and always be finding flaws. And if I can always find flaws on me, then I disqualify myself automatically from being able to give anything to anybody else. I just like, before you realize you're imperfect and you always will be, go and serve some people. Go and bless others. Go and give what I've taught you, right? Because when you see that giving is more blessed than receiving, I think Jesus said that, right? More blessed is to give than to receive. When you realize that, see, your eyes are off yourself. And while you're still a disciple and you're still growing, you're giving, which is a huge part of growing. Because you find purpose in that. When you start seeing that you're depositing and giving things into people's lives that are eternal, it changes you forever. This step is so important because it takes you out of being a victim. It empowers you. It shows you that it is by the grace of God that you can give. This is a place of great growth because when you become a parent, you're forced to grow up. Isn't that true? 
Like before, before you were a parent or before you were a mom, you're like two hours to do your makeup and your hair and this and that. And you become a mom and it's like, <laughs> your eyes are on something else, on someone else, right? And that's just an, an ex, uh, a natural example of something spiritual, you know. And you realize it, it isn't all about you, but there is a greater need. There's always, you know, you can, you can give. And watch this, because if you're the other person, watch that you don't skip number two. Because a lot of people go, come to Jesus. I don't want to do this thing, because I don't really want to let anybody in my life, and like, I'm, I'm good. Can you help me? I'm good. Hey, how about that bleeding wound you have on? No, I'm good. So, but give. I want to serve. I just want to serve, 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 serve. But they're never disciple. These are ticking bombs then. I don't want to look inside. I don't just, you know, just make it about everybody else. See? Isn't this awesome? So my question to you is, where are you? Or where are you stuck? Or what's the next step? What's the part that you're missing there? Maybe you're hurt and you just don't want to be pastored anymore. Okay? That's fine. We won't force anybody to be pastored. That's a decision you have to make. You have to open up to somebody and let them be a voice, have a voice in your life. Right? Right? So maybe, maybe that's you. Maybe you got hurt. You got jaded. You got manipulated and twisted and controlled and played with. And you're done. I'm like, no, I don't, you know, I don't want to be pastored anymore, you know, but I'll serve, you know. You got to identify that. Where are you at? What's next? Which one are you missing? You know, to come to Jesus means you need to recognize that you have a need for him. Maybe you don't read your Bible. That's the problem. <laughs> you have to read your Bible on your own. Because if you can't feed yourself, then you can never feed others. So these are good disciplines, right? Prayer and the word. You know, how are you going to start your day without ever looking in the mirror? How many of you start your day, go out the door and never look in the mirror? I mean, maybe a couple people, but we can all tell, right? <laughs> we all look in the mirror before we go out. No, I use my phone. Okay, whatever. <laughs> well, spiritually, why would you go out? You know, if you look at the word, you know, it talks about um, the Bible is, is our mirror. You know, in 1 Corinthians uh, 13, it talks about the mystery, how we see dimly, you know, through glass. But it's talking about the word of God. The word of God is our mirror. How are you, how are you going to go out without remembering who you are? Without remembering, like... It's like going out just vulnerable before the world and, and you forgot to put your armor on. Remind yourself who you are. What does God say about you? What is his word for the day, you know? There's a word for you in the world every day. But what's the word of God for you? So it's, it's a big deal, right? So where are you? Where are you at on this? Um, close your eyes with me and let me pray. And I, 
Here's the, here's the powerful thing about this. If you can grasp it with your heart, is if we can maintain, if we can stay in the growth track with these three steps, you know, and we teach it to others, I mean, we'd start a movement that changed the world. We would start a movement, you know, like, it's not hard. You might have to heal some wounds. You might have to find humility, you know, let go of some pride. But I'm telling you, when you find a safe place, a safe environment where you can do this, and you do these three things, you will never stop growing. You will never stop growing. Because you continue being a son, you continue being a father, you continue giving and serving, which is part of our calling. It's, it's what God told us. And you're never thirsty because you're always connected to Jesus. So God, I thank you so much. Thank you for your word. Thank you for showing us wisdom all over, all over the word. Thank you for teaching us, God, where we're at and what we're missing, where we need to go, God. We want to start this new year on the right track. We want to continue to prosper and grow so we can do everything you've called us to do. Full of purpose. Never feeling purposeless. Never feeling lonely. Never feeling thirsty. Because we're connected to you. We thank you for your family. We thank you for your son, Jesus. In Jesus' name.